Welcome everyone to Talk and Tea with Esha. This is our first podcast for this brand new year of 2022. I hope that the year has been one of flow and hope and dreaming again for each and every one of you that is listening to this. It is my hope that this year begins a brand new installation of each and every one of us moving towards a brand new paradigm. And that paradigm is one of hopefulness, dreaming again in such a big and magnificent way to restore faith and to restore joy into our hearts. I know the last two years has been so incredibly challenging. We we have felt as if we have been in this squeeze. And in essence, I do believe that we have been in a state of being stripped apart. And it's my hope that that stripping is revealing a brand new us, a brand new humanity, a brand new way in which we choose to see each other, choose to see ourselves so we can all collectively move into a more sustainable way in how we live, not just live within our own families and homes and communities, but also how we live together in the world. So welcome 2022. Welcome 2022. And I'm so happy to do these recordings again. And I wanted to start off this very first recording, this very first podcast of 2022, titled Holy Grief. The collective has been in such deep grief since the pandemic began, and much of that grief has gone unchecked. And if you have been watching the news or keeping track of much of what's happening, we are seeing so much pain, so much aching. We've seen the rise of suicide, the rise of mental health. And we are a society that's in pain. And so I wanted to title this particular podcast as Holy Grief. We'll go into it in a little bit. So my tea for today is a yogi tea, bedtime tea. I am actually recording this as I sit in my bed. So there's a little disclosure there for you. Um, so before we go into um, our podcast today, um, let's go ahead and create that container of stillness to ground and just center ourselves to come, come in. And the coming in is towards yourself, towards this embodiment of being so present with who you are, where you're at, and to find your inner foundation. Now more than ever, it's so important for us to find that inner foundation. And I would like to begin our time together by creating a tribute to Tich Nhat Hanh. Um, who passed this week, he transitioned to the ancestral realm. And I'd like to begin by sharing one of his five prayers. 
Um, so I ask that you just create some stillness wherever you are, maybe sitting in a chair, giving your body permission to relax, feeling your feet on the ground. Come into your breath. Just notice your breath right now without even a desire to fix your breath. Just notice where you are. Notice your in-breath. Notice your out-breath. Give thanks for both. Notice your body. Just feel and sense. Witness the sensations within you without a need to fix it. Notice your thoughts as they come and go. Simply practice an awareness. And giving thanks for your body. How precious is it to be in this body during this time, this great time of change that and transformation that we're all experiencing. Just notice in your breath once again. And maybe your eyes are closed. Feeling your jaw and shoulders relax. Being attentive to all of you. Being alert, noticing your surroundings, just an observation. And so one of the five prayers that I'd like to begin our time together with is in gratitude, I bow to all generations of ancestors in my spiritual family. And I invite you to also bring forth all your generations of your ancestors in your spiritual family as well. I see in myself my teachers, the one who show me the way of love and understanding, the way to breathe, smile, forgive, and live deeply in the present moment. I see the Buddha or Christ or the patriarchs and matriarchs as my teachers and also as my spiritual ancestors. I open my heart and my body to receive the energy of understanding love and kindness and protection from the awakened ones, their teachings and the community of practice of many generations. I vow to practice to transform the suffering in myself and the world and to transmit their energy to future generations of practitioners. My spiritual ancestors may have had their own difficulties and not always been able to transmit the teachings but I accept them as they are. We'll take a moment of silence to honor the life and legacy of Tishnat Han and also that of our ancestors.
And when you're ready, if you have tea, I invite you to maybe hold your mug and cup. I'm going to pick mine up. I invite you to maybe smell. Notice the scent of your tea. The warmth radiating into your fingers. And when you're ready, take a sip. I love when you first take a sip of tea and it hits your tongue and the flavor. And I always take my tea without sugar because that's the way I like it. I just want to truly get the full essence of tea, of whatever tea I'm drinking. So holy grief. One of the things that stood out to me from this gratitude prayer from Tay, as he was called, is this sense of what he calls, I vow, he said, I vow to practice to transform the suffering in myself. And I do believe when we have the courage to walk with our grief, rather than to abandon our grief or ignore the grief, that we are practicing transformation, we are practicing healing, we're practicing being human and being accountable to the inner ache within us. I recently read this book that I'd like to share with you, especially for those of you who are actively in the grieving process, or if you've ever grieved, then we've all grieved something. And it's a book called The Wild Edge of Sorrow by Frances Weller. And she's done extensive work with the grieving population. And Permit me a moment to just read a paragraph of her writing. She says, every one of us must undertake an apprenticeship with sorrow. We must learn the art and craft of grief, discover the profound ways it ripens and deepens us. While grief is an intense emotion, it is also a skill we develop through a prolonged walk with loss. Facing grief is hard work. It takes the outrageous courage of the Bodhi heart, as Pema Chodron calls it. It takes outrageous courage to face outrageous loss. This is precisely what we're being called to do. Any loss, whether deeply personal or one of those that swirl around us in the wider world, calls us to full-heartedness, for this is the meaning of courage, to honor our grief, to grant it space and time in our frantic world, to fulfill a covenant with soul, to welcome all that is, thereby granting room for our most authentic life. I wanted to share that passage with you because I could not have described the importance of grief work any better. Creating the space, the pathway to be so human and to honor each and every human experience and losses 
it's inevitable for each and every one of us. We're all going to experience some level of loss. Which means that at some point, we're also going to experience some level of grief. And how do we have, find the courage to meet that grief with a deep sense of holiness and sacredness? How do we allow the grief to transform our lives to love deeper, richer, and fuller despite loss? I do believe with all my heart that this is what we're being called to do. We, we're being called to be fully embodied human beings. And that simply means that we don't turn away from our grieving stories. The grief in our families, the grief in our communities, the grief in our environments, it's all interconnected. From generation to generation, we're passing down grief. And when do we, when do we pause to acknowledge the pain that we're all in? The ones, the pains that we are consciously aware of and the ones that we're not consciously aware of the unconscious griefs that at times projects itself in ways that manifests in ways that becomes ugly. And grief doesn't have to be ugly. Is it messy? Yes, because it's so intense and it's so incredibly challenging. And it's because that it's, it's, it's a product of the heart and soul. And when we can give ourselves to it fully, when we can give ourselves to wail and to scream and to be in full expression of the inner ache, that is sacredness. That's, that's holiness. That is saying yes to your soul. That is saying yes to your heart. That is saying yes to your humanity. That is saying yes to this human life that you said yes to. And we all know that being born in this, this human skin, that it wasn't all going to be a love fest, a filled with smelly roses. There is death. There's death in nature. Trees die, flowers die, animals die. And we're a part of that nature too. Sometimes I think we, we forget that we are nature itself and we have our seasons as human beings. We have seasons too. We have renewals in spring where we feel renewed and rebirthed. And then we have our fall and we begin to drop our own inner leaves and we age, we're no longer as youthful. And then we die. And 
We are part of this magnificent circle of life. And yet, I can't help but notice how our society values just the life and not the death, the young and not the old. We are so enamored with the things that glitter. We're so enamored with youth. We're so enamored with this sense of happiness in every moment that we are forgetting all the other pieces of the puzzle that also belong in this life. That we're not always going to be happy. And that's okay. That happiness is not an external thing. Happiness is an internal thing. We were born with happiness. We don't have to seek it. We don't invite death and grief into the conversations. We just want to have these jolly good conversations and omit the other half. And yet to omit the other half is also to omit our full humanity. And it's also taken us further away from the truth that when we are in pain, when we are wounded, when we're on trauma, our soul, our hearts are asking, tell the full story, to tell the full story. They're asking for the ache, the wound, to have a witness and to be in this, this space of moving in deeper and deeper into the sacredness of our humanity and to see that our grief is so holy because there's something happening there in that space when we feel so broken, when we feel as if we can go on, when we feel lost. When we feel like we simply can't endure this life anymore. And we've all been there at some point or another. Full disclosure, I know I have. After my husband died, I struggled. And as, is, as it is normal in the grieving process, you go through this phase where you want to be where they're at. You no longer want to be part of this life. But that crack that happens inside of us when a beloved dies or when something that you love so deeply that you care about, we, there's this, this crack that happens, this beautiful crack that happens. And what that crack allows is for the light to shine through, like light comes through. And that light touches that wound, that light touches something so deep inside of us. In the moment, we don't know what it is because we're still so deeply enmeshed in the heaviness. We're in the dark. And it's okay that we can't see. 
but the light is doing something to us. And in time, we began to see that there are seeds being planted in that sacred fertile ground of our graven process. Seeds are being planted for a new you, a new me, a new life. In every grief story, there's a beginning and an ending. And so, how can we give ourselves permission to be with this holy grief? To honor and acknowledge your story the way our ancestors would in, in their tribes and in their villages, how they would sing and dance, their aches, their wounds, they would express. They would express these emotions. And we're missing that now in our modern day society. We're missing the tribal dance. We're missing the community. We're missing the village. And what I know is that we can't do it by ourselves. We need each other so much. We need each other more than we realize. But I invite you not to trust what I am saying as truth. And we all have to find that truth for ourselves. I invite you to explore with curiosity for yourself how approaching your grief as a holy expression will help to mend and bring your family even closer together. The healing that it will bring, how you approach your work, how it will brighten your purpose, how you will come to discover this new aspect of yourself that's being born. Don't take my word for it. I invite you to become curious to explore it for yourself. Approaching your grief as a holy expression. And one of the things that I always reflect on is Jesus' walk to the cross. I can't imagine the grief that he felt knowing that he was about to die. And that stays with me. And it gives me strength and encouragement that whenever I'm feeling like I don't have the strength to approach my grief, I think about his walk to the cross to his crucifixion. And he had to bear his cross to that point. And I know if he can do it, I can do it too. Because that is what he was actually modeling for each and every one of us. To know our griefs are something that we must sacredly hold and not abandon. Because there is life in the process, as well as death in the process.
But in the end, there's transformation waiting for each and every one of us. And so, yes, I am passionate about grief work. I'm passionate about many things. Because I have seen in my own life what tending to my grief has done for me. You know, the other day I was in I was in the house and as I like to dance at least once a day. And I found myself dancing and just feeling really happy just because, just because. And I came upon a picture of my husband and I, and it was one of the last pictures we took before he, before he died, two months before he died. And I felt so much joy as I looked at the picture and I felt so much love for him. And I, I just kept saying, thank you. Thank you, honey. Thank you so much. There's something that has happened to me and it's taken me four years to come to this point of, of being so grateful for this transformation that's taking place in me. Do I wish my husband was still here? Absolutely, 100%, yes. But he's not, not in the physical sense. I know his presence is still there. And yet I am so grateful for who I'm becoming as a result of doing this grief work. It has broken open things in me that I have never expected to see, feel, heal from. It has revealed to me patterns within myself that I needed to see, needed to heal. It has revealed self-limiting beliefs that was just there stealing my joy. And it has also revealed other griefs that I hadn't processed before. And so the journey is full with unexpected friends that arrive and, and show themselves. And for that, I'm grateful. So holy grief. Holy grief. So maybe may we have the, the audacity the courage to not be afraid to see our griefs. May we have the courage to wear different lenses, to see, to shift perspective, to see that grief is not here to hurt us, it's here to liberate us if we allow it. Now we can have this deep soul ritual with ourselves. We can bring ritual and ceremony back into our lives and honor these very profound experiences that we're having in this human body.
So it's really good to be back with you again doing this first podcast of 2022. So for those of you that are listening, I also want to alert you to a grief, sacred grief village that I do every Mondays at 7 p.m. If you're ever interested in joining us, please join us. It's free for everyone. An opportunity to be around some amazing people as we grow and learn and heal with each other, support each other as a community, as a village, supporting. So my wish for you is that we enter into this new year softly, trusting with an openness to receive, an openness to be curious, an openness to explore. An openness to be fearless. Fearless. I'm so grateful to share this time with you today. I'd like to close by doing another gratitude prayer from Thich Nhat Hanh. This one is in gratitude and compassion, I bow down and transmit my energy to those I love. I invite you to maybe close your eyes and Just allow yourself to receive and notice what resonates with you. Maybe take those pieces with you. He says, all the energy I have received, I not want to transmit to my father, my mother, everyone I love, and all who have suffered and worried because of me and for my sake. I know I have not been mindful enough in my daily life. I also know that those who love me have had their own difficulties. They have suffered because they were not lucky enough to have an environment that encouraged their full development. I want all of them to be healthy and joyful. I pray that all ancestors in my blood and spiritual families will focus their energy towards each of them to protect and support them. I am one with those I love. And I send this love prayer out to each and every one of you. Some of you that are listening to this, I'm sure I know, and some of you I don't know, and you're all family. You're all part of my human family. And from my heart to yours, I love you. You're not alone. You're being lifted up by a village. May you be well. 
May you be protected. May you be surrounded by light and by love. May you be well. May you be provided for that which your heart is hungry for. Until our until the next time we meet. Namaste. Mm-hmm.